Hi there, Monica White, Licensed Mental Health Counselor here. Welcome to Boost Your EQ. This is the podcast where I teach the most important psychology skills you can learn to build abundant, thriving relationships with yourself and the people around you. Welcome to episode 22, Seven Steps for Decision Making. In this episode, we're going to discuss the seven steps you can take to reduce overthinking and overwhelm. Let's get started. Overwhelm and overthinking are very natural, common thought loops that most people have in their 20s and 30s. And the issue becomes that we want to become good at making decisions, solving problems, you know, processing, organizing, and clarifying all the different options. So life is about identifying choices and making decisions. And making decisions is an active process. It's a skill set that requires us to look at our options when we're presented with obstacles and challenges in the moment, in real time, and learn how to solve them so that we can move forward through obstacles and challenges. And people who are more decisive tend to have confidence in their ability to make good choices in their life. So becoming decisive obviously helps with anxiety and overthinking and overwhelm. And so you may be asking, well, how do I do that? So in this episode, I'm going to teach these seven steps for decision-making and talk about how you can learn these seven steps to train your brain to make decisions to become more decisive in a thoughtful way. So here's how this will benefit you in the long run. In general, people who become thoughtful leaders, bosses, healthy supervisors, they develop a formal thought process for making decisions. And so this brief framework that I'm going to talk about today is going to help train our minds to make decisions that will enhance our abilities to solve problems at work. It'll help us improve our finances. It'll build our confidence. and It'll generally just create a feeling of calmness and confidence in our ability to solve problems when obstacles and challenges come along, which of course, as you know, life is all about solving problems and working through obstacles when they present. And so like everything I teach in this podcast, it's a skill. So decision-making is a skill that you can learn. If you haven't practiced being decisive in the past, you may not know what to expect. You may not know how it's going to feel to be decisive. Well, when you're decisive, you don't get into a negative loop. You don't overthink things. You don't get overwhelmed. You don't start to question yourself. If you can hone the skill of decisiveness, you can make better, quicker, faster decisions. So in short, how does it feel to be decisive? Well, it feels really good. It feels great to be able to know how to make decisions that will work for you in any different situation. A little bit about me is that I used to be a very anxious person. In fact, you know, My mom was a very anxious person, so I sort of developed that from her when I was little, and I used to be so anxious, um, it was hard for me to know what was coming up next, so I would be very fearful of things and get overwhelmed very easily. However, really cool news is that within the past, I would say, four to five years, I have become very decisive, so I've practiced the skills of decision-making, and now... Whenever I'm presented with a new challenge, a new obstacle, a new project, I know how to make decisions very quickly and I feel very confident in setting boundaries 
and deciding what is the appropriate next step to do. So clearly that does make me feel very confident in my career and in my work. So it would be very uncomfortable if I felt anxious working with people and if I didn't know how to be decisive and make choices that will work at each different moment for each presenting issue. So going back to feelings, what does it feel like to not experience overwhelm and overthinking on a regular basis? It feels great. Um, as I mentioned many times that a little bit of anxiety is good. So now when I get anxiety or I start to feel overwhelmed, I pay attention to it and I ask myself, you know, what's going on here that's making my body react this way? So now I use anxiety for good to make great decisions and to pay attention to the situation and what's going on around me. My overthinking has really taught me a lot and it helps me become very mindful and in the moment and be able to hone my intuition. That is the amazing part about becoming more decisive is that we will be able to pay more attention to our intuition in the moment when things are happening in real time. And it's such a great feeling to be able to trust your intuition. It is a skill. Let's get into the seven steps for decision making so that we can learn to trust our ability to make great decisions, hone our intuition, and be able to solve problems in the moment when they present. And this will help us become healthier and better leaders and bosses. Before I get started on the seven steps for decision making, just want to remind everyone that you can find this PDF on my Instagram at wellbe2go. It's under the title of seven steps for decision making. So if you go to that image, you can scroll to the right and you're going to get the seven steps for decision making and you can read them right along with me. Step number one is isolate the problem. Isolate the problem means figuring out what is the problem. So let's say you're at work and something becomes a problem. When you find that something is ongoing and occurring and you need to solve it, you wanna go slow and you wanna remember that things are not usually what you think they seem. And so you wanna go deeper and look at the underlying issues from a number of different perspectives. So obviously when you encounter a problem, the more options and perspectives you have, the better. So if there's a problem at work, you wanna go slow, you don't wanna react really quickly, you don't wanna to jump to conclusions, and you wanna look at the underlying issues. And if you can consult and ask people for different perspectives and gather information, the better decision you'll be able to make because you have more evidence. Let's actually keep this really simple. So let's do the seven steps for decision-making in terms of buying a car. So number one, you wanna isolate the problem. Let's say that your car is not working well and you've decided this is a problem, I'm paying too much for to fix my car. So you wanna isolate the problem, which is that you have decided that you want a new car. And so you wanna go slow because you, know, you don't wanna just buy the first car and you wanna look at the underlying issues from different perspectives. So you'll get opinions and perspectives, and then you'll be able to make a better decision about what kind of car you wanna buy. So number two is decide to take action. So once you've isolated the problem, you can decide, is this something worth taking action on? 
So in the car situation, you could say, I've decided that my car keeps breaking and it's cost me a lot of money. So is this something, buying a new car, is this something that I want to take action on? Or in a work situation, you could say, you know, now I see that there's a problem. Is this something that I really need to take action on? Or is this something that doesn't involve me, so to speak? Um, or is there a different way that I need to handle the situation? So number three, the third step for decision making is to gather resources. So you gather as, many inf as much information as possible and you consult with others, including professionals or experts, and then you use common sense to decide what you think is right. So in terms of car, let's say you've decided, okay, I need a new car because it's costing me a lot of money. I'm deciding that I'm going to take action. I'm going to buy a new car. Then step three, I'm going to gather resources. So I'm going to gather as much information as possible and consult with my friends about, you know, different cars and what do they think about cars? Um, what do they like? You know, what do they know about them? And then you're going to use some common sense to decide what car you think is right for you. Again, in the work situation, if you've isolated a problem, you have decided, hey, maybe it is something worth taking action on, then you're going to gather resources and you're going to ask as many people that is appropriate as possible. So, you know, if it's something at work, you're going to ask your manager or your coworker or the person next to you or the person who handled the phone call, that sort of thing. And you're going to gather as much information as possible before making a decision. Number four, make a plan. So the fourth step for decision making is to make a plan. So once you've analyzed the problem from different angles, then you're going to decide which choice is best. So in terms of the car situation, if you've analyzed that, hey, you know what, these are the different cars, this is what, you know, could happen if I get a car from this dealership or that dealership, um, you know, this is what will happen when I get this sort of a car versus the other type, and then you decide which choice is best. Again, in the example of a work, you'd make a plan. So let's say you've, you know, asked your coworkers for assistance, you've gotten different perspectives, and you've analyzed the problem, then you can say, okay, what's my role in this? Which choice is best? How do I solve this problem without, you know, with the best choices possible? Number five, the fifth step to decision-making is once you have enough choices, then you're gonna decide to commit. So in the example of the car, let's say you've looked at three or four cars, or at least you've gone online and you've asked enough people, then you're going to decide to commit. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to get this car on by this date. And you decide to commit because at this point you should have enough choices and you should feel fairly confident in your commitment to take action. And so in, again, in the situation of a work environment, once you have enough choices, you say, okay, you know what? I could do this. I could not do this. I could talk to this person. I could go back and, you know, talk to somebody else, but should I commit to it? Then you'll decide to commit and then you'll go handle the problem. Number six, the sixth step for decision-making is strategize. So you're gonna visualize your plan of action. Every decision requires a certain degree of risk, so visualize the potential outcome of your decision. If you feel discomfort, then you get more consultation or you get consultation if you didn't get it before. So in the example of the car, you're going to visualize your plan of action. You're gonna say, okay, you know what? It's buying a car 
requires some risk, you know, requires some money. Um, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to take a hit to my paycheck next month. How do I budget this in? And you're going to visualize your plan of action. You're going to say, this is what I'm going to go in. This is how much I'm going to put down. This is what I feel comfortable with. And the potential outcome is that it may cause a little stress to me for the next few paychecks. But over time, you know, the risk is worth it because I won't be so uptight about my car breaking down all the time. So you can visualize the potential outcome. And if you're uncomfortable, then you just ask someone again. So in the situation of your work environment, you want to strategize. You always want to strategize. And you want to visualize your plan of action. So in terms of work, once you have enough choices, you've decided that you're going to solve the problem and you've analyzed the problem from different angles, you've consulted with enough people to decide what you think is right for you, and you've gathered your resources and you've isolated the problem, well then you can visualize your plan of action. So you'll say, okay, I'm going to strategize. This is how I'm going to handle this issue, this problem. And, you know, it may take some time out of my day or perhaps, you know, I may not have enough information. And if I feel uncomfortable, then I'm going to get consultation. I'm going to ask someone for help to look at this again. So it's a it's a process, right? And so now you're seeing that decision making is not just impulsive making decisions. It's a process. There is a formal framework for it. And last step. Step number seven for decision-making is take action. If you've completed all the steps for decision-making, then you should feel confident putting your decision to work. So the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the seventh step is take action. So you've done all the other steps, you have isolated the problem, you've decided to take action, you've gathered resources, you've made a plan, and you have enough choices you've committed to it, and you've strategized what the outcome is, then you take action. And you're going to feel confident about putting your decision to work. So in the example of the car, you've decided, hey, you know, my car's breaking down. It's causing me stress. Um, is this really a choice that I want to make? And then you gather resources. You consult with enough people. You have enough choices, and you strategize how you're going to buy a new car and, um, you know, how this is going to go along in terms of financing and budgeting. And then you say, okay, you know what, I've decided it's the right time for the car and I'm going to take action and I'm going to feel confident. In the example of a work issue, you're going to isolate the work issue. You're going to go slow. You're going to look at the underlying issues from different perspectives. You'll decide that, hey, you know what, this is a problem. And then you're going to decide, is this something worth taking action on? Is it something I need to take action on? Then you're going to gather resources. You're going to consult with others. And you're going to use common sense to decide if this is something that is right for you to take action on. Then you're going to make the plan and you're going to analyze the problem, the issue from different angles, and you'll decide which choice is best. So you'll have enough choices and then you're going to decide to commit to taking action. Before you take action, you're going to strategize, visualize your plan of action, and you're going to look forward at the outcomes of the decision. And if, again, if you feel uncomfortable, you can get more consultation. You can ask somebody else to review what your plan of action is going to be to help you strategize and visualize the outcomes of what will happen if you feel uncomfortable. 
Then the last step is going to be once you've completed all the steps for decision making, then you're going to feel comfortable putting your decision to work and you should not be overthinking and overwhelmed because you know you will have taken all the seven steps for decision making. So you'll have that framework and you'll be able to feel good and feel confident in the choices and decisions that you've taken. So those are the seven steps for decision making. As you can see, it's definitely a skill to learn and it's not just a natural skill for people. It's something that we have to learn and we have to train our brain to do. So you always want to slow things down. You want to challenge your thinking. You don't want to be impulsive. You want to look at the underlying issues and you want to ask yourself, is this something that is the right time and place for me to take action on? So by slowing things down, you're going to be able to make better decisions um, for complex, for complicated issues, and you're going to feel confident that you know how to solve problems. Like most of the things I teach, it helps improve our personal life, our interpersonal relationships, because we can slow things down and we can say, hey, you know what, we have choices, we have options here. And people that feel that they have choices and options in life tend to be very resilient and reasonable and thoughtful about how they interact with others and, you know, the world around them. So becoming more decisive and slowing things down and looking at the framework for choices and analyzing and strategizing will help you become a healthy boss which in my opinion is just a great place to be. So we've all had that healthy one or two bosses that just made our lives amazing. So to be able to become a healthy boss or our supervisor or a business owner is just a wonderful asset to the world. So thank you all for being here. So that's all for today. Those are the seven steps for decision making and Again, in general, people who become thoughtful leaders, healthy bosses, they do sort of develop a formal thought process for making decisions and delegating to you know other people and consulting with people. So we went over the brief framework for training our minds to make decisions that's going to enhance our ability to process, organize, clarify issues at work, it's going to improve our interpersonal relationships, and it's going to be helping to build our confidence in ourselves and the choices and decisions that we need to make in order to live our best lives. So that's it. It's Sunday night here outside of Boston and hope you all have a good Monday. It's the holiday week so have a good week and I will see you all next time. Take care friends. <laughs>